Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And welcome back everybody. Thank you guys for joining us once again as we dive further into the world of games. Now, we have discussed something similar to this before, right? We've talked a lot about how games have been looked at as inciting violence in communities amongst individuals, uh, but not just games, music, movies, other sources of media like that. They often get the blame for someone's evil, sinister plot or plans or just discussing things that they've done as human beings, right? Oh, I saw it in a video game or I watched this on a movie, so let me go mimic it. It's something that happens all the time. I mean, it's why we have the ESRB ratings and everything like that. But what about other themes in games? Do those hold a weight whenever we try and make our decisions? Do they influence the way we think about the world around us? And we're going to be diving specifically into rebelling against authority. Now, a lot of games have this as a common trope, right? Uh, I mean, even Mario is rebelling against King Bowser and his wishes, or, you know, like it's something that's there and it's constant in the background. It's a very easy motivating force when it comes to games and pushing the plot forward, but not just in games, you know, every source of media has this where there is some sort of authority figure and your hero has to go against them because it's the right thing to do. Now, is that making us as players more sustainable to the idea of rebelling against authority? Is it making us more rebellious by nature? Or is it just a game and we're just enjoying ourselves, man? Stop looking too much into it. Dang. But <laughs> right, like there's so much there like that we can dive into with this idea, this concept of how things have changed our mindset, how we think about the world, how we view things and how we handle situations. So I, I'm just curious, like fresh thought, maybe like just when you come up with this idea I, and I know, like, like I said, we've discussed it with uh, with aggression and uh, aspects like that. And I, I think we both have come to the consensus that games don't feed acts of aggression. They don't breathe that. They don't make you go out and do those things. It can be used as like an outlet or a scapegoat or things like that. But there's a big difference, I, I would say, with this concept or with this idea because it's changing more of your moral compass rather than making you act horrifically in public right like it's more of a subtle change and i'm curious if you think that games can potentially influence someone to actively want to or be okay with rebelling against an authority figure well, according to uh, Macron in France, video games are the cause for acts of aggression and the riots. But, uh, you know... Yeah, but they're French. And, yeah, so. they're French. <laughs> but to me... Sorry, French listeners. <laughs> in a lot of ways, games act as an outlet to kind of prevent, I think, people from acting on a lot of aggressions. At least, I feel like that's always been kind of the defense of video games with violence usually is that oh like you can just mow down people in a game you don't have to go out and do it in public like that's i feel like that's always been kind of the defense of it it's not a great defense don't get me wrong but to me i've always kind of looked at it like channeling that. your aggression in a different way right 
Yeah. Same it, as going for a run or boxing, you know, blowing off some steam. Yeah. 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 It it's like that. And I think, you know, as the generations evolve and more dark realities happen in real life, that gets reflected in the games and we start seeing more realistic reactions to uh you know the similarities between games and real life especially when it comes to like authority issues and you know problems with governments you know the the whole political climate around the world has been you know pretty pretty shaky not just in the US but in a lot of other countries you know there there's been a more vocal majority or vocal group in a lot of bigger countries against their governments uh for better or for worse and you know as games start or developers start seeing that and relating into their games i think we'll get more specialized i think that's probably the best term i can use Mm -hmm. uh form like stories that maybe can be more relatable to you know what's going on now and i mean there's a lot of things like specific to their region or yeah because you know you look at a lot of games and for the most part like it's very like i don't say stereotypical but it's very like oh here's a workers here's the workers united fighting against like you know their capitalist warlords or their bosses or you know like we need to take down this like fascist country leader kind of stuff like that, which, you know, that's usually the easiest kind of anti-authority themes to jump to because those have always been written in books and movies and everything. So it's easy to draw from that, but, you know, maybe we'll start seeing more current versions of that even though that stuff is happening currently too but i'm i'm thinking more like relevant to like like you said a certain region or area and you know going back to what you said you know especially if say a certain country does it and it's a lot of hints at that kind of movement you know people in that country could use that as like oh this is it might open their mind to a different view a different way of thinking and i mean yeah there might be some people out there that get motivated to cause destruction from a game but to say that a game will do that to everybody i mean that's wrong you know i mean Mm -hmm. hell a movie can persuade someone to kill someone if someone really believes that movie to be true you know, that's true. Anything any can do novel, that. Like, look how many books are on the ban list because they're afraid of how they might motivate people, right? Or like change mindsets or things like that. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's an interesting idea, and I think with the expansion and the the ease of game design that's out there now, uh, the fact that we can pump games out so quickly and so efficiently. You, like you said, we are going to see uh, games that are a lot more relevant to today's time and age. Uh, like it could be something that happened a month ago and all of a sudden you're playing a game that portrays that 
itself. And, you know, who knows, maybe AI might get involved in this to make the games come out faster. And it can be used as a way to spread knowledge or information differently, just like books and movies do that today. Uh, it, it's, I'm, I'm very curious to see what kind of tool games are going to be in the future, because I, I think as they expand and as games get more popular and like, I feel like everybody plays games now, like in some way, shape or form, they're a gamer or they know about gaming culture. Like there's a lot of people who don't play games. Like I even got asked by my partner who knows nothing about games and I haven't really brought it up to her at all. Like, oh, have you like she just came out nowhere and she's like, oh, yeah, I was talking to somebody at work about Tears of the Kingdom. And I was wondering if you were playing that. I'm like, yeah, I beat it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like, why do you know about Tears of the Kingdom? And why aren't you just calling it Zelda? <laughs> right. Like because you're not a gamer. Right? I'm not expecting her to know the real like the full name of it, which I found really interesting because she could care less about games. But the conversation caught her, caught her attention. So like the with it becoming more mainstream, similar to like with with like comics and Marvel and things like that have become more mainstream and now they're able to tackle some harder hitting issues. I feel like games are starting to be used as that. I mean, they've always been used as a tool to tell a story. That's they they deliver a message in that way. But I, I feel like it's gonna have a lot more weight and impact but behind it because it's reaching a much wider audience. And even those who aren't playing the games, they can watch them, they can hear about them, they can hear interviews about them, uh, hear what the plot was about, maybe some controversies behind it. I mean, even look at uh, the the Hogwarts game, mm -hmm. right? And the fact that it flopped because of the major controversy. So many people I've talked to who talk crap about that game, like openly admit to never actually playing the game. And it's not a bad one. It's actually a pretty decent one, in, in fact. But because of the controversy that was behind it, because of J.K. Rowling and her personal views, the game was a flop. And people were writing against it, right? Or, pick, or, you know, protesting against this title. So it's, I'm very curious to see what the landscape looks like in the future as this becomes more of a tool to deliver a true message and how it becomes more accepted and it's something that we've been harping on this whole time, right? You know, like games are art and books are art, movies are art, right? So it's all finally kind of converging and allowing the true message to be heard by the masses and just accepted or absorbed in a different way, right? You don't have to read a story anymore. You can live the story by playing as the characters. And I, I'm almost curious too about the fact that when you're reading a book, you actively know that I'm reading about someone's story, right? Like I'm hearing this secondhand. So of course it can have like tug at your heartstrings and be emotional. And not saying that games can't be that because they definitely can. But I'm, I'm wondering if the act of playing the game and playing through, let's say, a full rebellion in, in some cases, is that enough to kind of hinder that fire of causing said rebellion right or stepping up because you've already done it right like if you spend 100 hours in a game and the whole time you're fighting against this crazy government like whenever you get out of it you might be able to put two and two together and be like oh this is talking about our government and this is bad but i've already spent 100 hours dealing with this problem i i'm over it right like i'm wondering if that could be a negative thing too with the the spread of information and being able to actually live through the game and experience it that way since it is a different way of delivering a medium or delivering a story. So. 
don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I'm kind of curious, like, if it can be used to, like, kind of deter, you know, the wrong mm-hmm. side of approaching situations. Because, I mean, we have seen that in games where certain things just made people not want to do certain stuff. But Right, like, will it desensitize us to this concept and this idea that's in front of us? I mean, I think about, like, uh, there was a part, like, in a Red Faction Guerrilla where... You know, you start off like these workers that are rebelling, you know, and it ends up being where it's, you know, factions and stuff like that. And as you progress in the game, you start realizing, like, are we going too far? Because, you know, they start like, you know, attacking, like, not just like the rival faction, but you know, civilians get in the way and it's like, oh, well, you know, they're in the way. Mm-hmm. Oops. And it's like, hmm, maybe that's not the best approach. And Or it's like villainizing the people who are standing up. Yeah. Right? It, it's like, it's good to act against authority to an extent because, you know, a lot of times authority makes people feel weak or you know powerless you know that's the whole point of you know power dominating a group is because you we should all be equal right we shouldn't have one source pushing us down and a lot of times they'll use you know people as power and it's it's shitty but you know i think it's good to challenge authority to an extent because if we all had the same views on reality, nothing would really progress. We'd all be complacent. There might be some thoughts that would help progress things, but to an extent, we'd be comfortable with life and wouldn't really want to go forward with anything. Mm-hmm. If we challenge authority, we'll see other viewpoints. And even if we don't agree with those viewpoints, maybe there's something from it that we can relate it to our thoughts and be like, well, maybe there's this little bit of it that makes sense. And, you know, we don't have to agree, but we can both agree to something that, I don't know, not so much a middle ground, but some kind of commonality. And, Mm. you know, say with, you know, Red Faction Guerrilla, it's like, You you feel at first for the side you're on, but once the power gets strong and you feel like you can take on everything, like you start realizing like mm, you might you slowly become a villain, almost like the villains that you're fighting. And it, it it's an interesting take. And I know some games have tried to do that more often where, you know, you start off as a hero and then you kind of come off as like a villain almost because you get too powerful and you start neglecting the good you know Mm -hmm. you let the power get to your head and i really like that when games do that because i feel like that's something that we never doesn't get explored much at least in games what's that quote is it like power corrupts absolutely or something like that or power sounds familiar but i can't place the actual quote yeah 
it's I do like it whenever games kind of do that or whenever they go through and put a meaning behind the way the authority figure was acting. Mm -hmm. It's it's the same or it's the other side of the same exact coin where you can go complete like tyrannical dictatorship, make everyone's choices because you feel like you're doing the best thing to protect like it, like they both can have the same reason for their actions, both sides, the rebellion forces and the authoritative forces. It's to protect their people, their culture, their land, their whatever it is. Right. It's to protect something that they cherish and hold dear to themselves. Mm-hmm. But there's different ways of approaching that problem. Right. One way would be to lock it up forever because the best way to protect it is to keep it out of like the eyesight of everyone around you. Or you can protect by standing up for it, right? And letting it be free and and protect the idea of it so that you share it with the masses and then hopefully that idea never dies out, right? Like there's different ways of approaching that same problem. And I, I like it whenever stories or games actually portray that in an interesting way, right? And it, it makes it much more impactful because there's no such thing as just a pure villain, no one is just bad to be bad. I mean, there's a Joker, but that's probably it, right? And most villains that are just maniacally evil are forgettable or comical or just not realistic. They don't hold any weight behind them. It's the ones that actually are grounded in reality and real world situations and real choices that you can see someone making if they were put into that situation, right? Like we always think that we would never harm somebody. But given the right situation, you probably would, right? If it was to protect your family or someone was threatening your family right in front of you, would you stand up? Would you would you hurt that person that was trying to hurt them? Or, you know, right? Like it, it just gives, it's different situations and different life choices that you make in that split second that can really make you who you are and really change your viewpoint where now you can become, like you, you can see how easy it is to become that authority figure and i i really appreciate it whenever games do this because it, it just makes it more real and and more personal in that aspect and more believable right and it, I, I do do like that a lot now like on the flip side of that of course there are some games out there that on the surface are really adorable, cute kids like games. And I find I'm wondering if like this is hurting like the cause or hurting the idea of rebelling or speaking out like uh, there's that game Anarchy. Do you ever see that one or do you remember that game? You brought this up, but I'm like, I feel like I've heard that name, but I, I, I cannot place it. So you play as like, adorable animals that are trying to basically you're creating you're causing anarchy right like you're you're riding in the streets and rebel and liberating captured like animals that then join your party and the whole point is to get like a giant group of anarchists together and storm through the town and basically just riot through the the city but everything is just adorable and it's almost this game (laughs) yeah it's it's a weird game it's a really weird game but i'm wondering if like titles like this while it's cute and it's funny and it's like taking but it's taking a very serious idea like the idea of rebelling against your government is uh, or uh, against authority figures is a very powerful idea and it's something that shouldn't be like 
dumbed down to that level, in my opinion, right? Like it, it's making it almost a joke to do it. And, you know, it's not like a popular, it's not one of the most popular games out there, but it's just, I mean, the fact that it's out there, right? And who knows, maybe other titles might appear like that, or there's other games that are similar to this that I just can't think of right now that use cute, adorable things to kind of rebel. And it almost makes it where it's just not serious anymore. And I'm wondering, like, if kids or young gamers or just gamers in general play a lot of these titles, like I mentioned earlier, are they becoming desensitized to these topics or are they looking at anarchy or rebelling as a child's concept because they're using very cutesy, adorable characters, like tricking them right into thinking it's like a kid show or a kid's game? Because that's hmm. what it feels like, right? Like, I'm, I'm curious if that's if that can be harmful to the message because downplaying anarchy, like, yeah, sure, anarchy, like, oh, yeah, punk, punk rock, right? Like, it, it has a negative connotation in our society already, but now you're making it almost feel like a child's plaything. in whenever you do something like this with it, right? Whenever you make it adorable little, like, critters <laughs> that are just going through rebelling and everything's kind of, like, chibi and chubby and, like, just really cute looking. So it, it kind of, I, I'm, I don't know, like, it's weird. Like, it does feel like it's, dumbing down the message of what anarchy is actually supposed to stand for and it's literally stand the right to stand up against your government right like the 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 like think about if the civil rights movement now at, or like was fueled by cute adorable critters where people even take it seriously it's like oh yeah let's look it's an anarchist right like it, it almost feels like they're, they're making a joke out of it hmm I don't know. I, I, I'm just wondering if that's that's an interesting viewpoint because I never really like looked at like kind of skewing uh, a theme like that into like a way that's more like oh, is approachable the right word um, like cutifying stuff because I feel like I've definitely played like games that are like normally kind of a more serious tone but they're like cutified uh, mm -hmm. and I could see maybe but I feel like when you think about it, a lot of games are kind of cute when some of the topics are pretty dark you know like that what was it the Iron Tails or Steel Tails or whatever it's basically like the furry game but they were just a bunch of orphans that were in a tank and they're orphaned because their oh, towns uh, were Fuga? all their parents were killed. Yeah, Fuga, like they were all their parents were killed in the war. And the way to use their super weapon on their tank is to literally sacrifice one of the children that are in the tank. But oh, when we look at the characters, yeah, like you literally have to kill one of your friends that you there's a full relationship meter too. So if you have a better relationship with them, they actually do more damage, but you've spent this time getting to know this person. You give them gifts, you have conversations with them, and then you go and do that. It's like, oh, God, like, it, it, there's something like... That's war, baby. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it is, unfortunately, right? Like, it's whatever it is to survive. And it, it's one way of showing it, but I'm wondering, like, is cutifying something, uh, like, hurting it? I think... Right? Like, is it... To an extent... Or is it just making it more approachable? I, I don't know. To me, I feel like it would make it more approachable. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, if you it, imagine if what you just said was done in a more realistic look, like, say, a Call of Duty or, you know, your AAA game where it, it it's human characters. One, it's going to disturb people in a different way than using a cute character, you know, because it it's more realistic. So of course people shouldn't are gonna be more gross. Right? Like shouldn't but, it be uh, like impactful like that? I, don't I know. mean, if you sacrifice a cute character that is, you know, your supposed friend, it it's still pretty tough. Like it's supposed to be a mm-hmm. tough decision. It's and I mean to some people it is a harder decision than say a realistic looking character because a realistic character you can just play off as like oh yeah this is just you know it's not real but then when you see like one of these like drawn cute characters you're like oh man it's kind of rough because they're so cute i don't want to do this but Mm, it's like sacrificing a friend in colton the lamb or (laughs) yeah something like that and i feel like when you do something cute like this you're bringing up a a topic or a subject to maybe an audience that wouldn't be interested in those kind of themes in a different way. Like Mm -hmm. going back to a more realistic approach to it. A lot of people wouldn't play that because well, one, it's not their style of game Two, it. It might just feel weird because they look more like say you Whereas when it's a, you know, an animal, you can relate to it, but it's not like you can 100% relate to a fox. Mm, right. Versus. You can just associate a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like where it, it doesn't feel as horrifying because it's not a human. But mm-hmm. I think that, you know, making it, into this style you're you're reaching an audience that probably have never experienced a game like that and normally wouldn't but you're opening their eyes to something that could be realistic you know especially when it comes to like the 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 fuga games because i know they just had a sequel that touches something that you know it it wouldn't work in another game right like you you could not do that in a realistic looking game that would just be weird but it'd be demented yeah it it works in this game because the way the animation is and i think that's kind of something we're starting to see in games where people are starting to pick an art style or a look that goes with a theme really well and explains it in a in a way that is not just making it look like your, you know, unreal asset flip and throwing dark themes on it. Like, oh no, this is like hand drawn. This is a, this is a look and we're going Mm -hmm. with this theme and we're going with it. And I think, you know, it could have a powerful story to tell, you know, it's not like it's a, a real story, but it's something that, you know, could affect someone, you know? I mean, obviously we all know war sucks, but 
for some people out there, they play that game. They're like, oh, like this isn't good. You know, mm-hmm. it's portraying it in a dark way. But yeah, I never really correlated that before, which is kind of interesting. I was always like, oh, cute. And then I just kind of voided most dark themes and games. Right. Because, yeah, it does feel like it's a way, it's an easy way to show a dark theme or a really impactful thing, but it also makes you take it less seriously in a way, right? I I think probably one of the best versions of a rebellion that I've seen in a game and portrayed well and with realistic visuals was uh, Detroit Becoming Human. Hmm. I that That whole, like rebellion and seeing it from the ground up in the early upstarts of it and seeing the like the pivotal like climactic moment of this and them taking to the streets and everything and watching other you know androids or cyborgs like dying in the streets right and like you can still feel for them because they they look like humans and that was kind of the whole point is these they're thinking for themselves now they're falling in love. They want to be uh, like they want to start families of their own. And you're seeing them gunned down. But to the regular humans that are there, it's just a machine that they're turning off. Basically, it's like them just pulling the plug on a lamp or something. Right. Like it's nothing. But knowing and getting to know these characters and getting to know how uh, them like learning the world themselves for the first time and seeing that innocence that they have of being able to speak up in a moment of whenever they're so fresh to the world. Right. And then like looking at it from our viewpoints where we've grown up around this world forever, around these ideas that maybe are not beneficial for human beings in general, right? Like they can be very harmful. There's laws in place that are incredibly harmful for humans. And we just turn a blind eye to them. And it it takes someone looking at it from fresh eyes. And that's what I like about Detroit becoming human so much is the fact that it shows that aspect of looking at this with fresh eyes, with fresh, uh, fresh ideals. You can see how corrupt and horrible things actually are. And no matter how much we want to think that equality is there, it's really not right. It's there's always someone that is looked at as lesser than someone else. Right. And it's, it was a very interesting way of doing it. And I really do enjoy that, that, that game a lot. And I, I think what really made it heavier is the fact that, you know, these are your choices that you made to lead up to this point. And the fact that there were so many branching paths in that game, it was interesting to see the impact of your actual actions. And just like playing it the way I did, whereas I, I played it one playthrough, didn't go back and change any choices because you can do that. You can go and rewind time if you think that there was an outcome that you didn't really like so much. But just kind of like playing it all the way through with just accepting what happens was really hard to do at certain points because there's certain things where you're like, oh my God, I killed that person, right? Like not directly, but like my actions did that. They they hurt somebody and not being able to turn back time because, you know, and it's a game, right? But it gave a really interesting simulation and a peek at real world or real life in general. So I, I think as far as like rebellions go and going against authority, Detroit really did a fantastic job at doing that, about capturing it in a real life setting 
I, in, in my opinion, at least. So. I forgot about that whole. I, I forget about that game daily or all the time. And then you bring it up and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. It's hard for me to not forget it since I used it so much in my game when I was getting my degree. Right. Because <laughs> like, it just came out, I think, towards the end of my uh, of getting my degree in game design. So I, there ended up being like pa- I wrote a paper about it. I used clips of it. And I was like the impact of that game really made it meant a lot. And like I mentioned earlier in this episode, like my partner doesn't play games. She played that one all the way through. That's a game she actually beat and enjoyed and wanted to play it from the get go. So that was really interesting to see. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's different. It's different. I like the uh, kind of it, it's weird because I don't I feel like this is a series that I never I can't get into, but I really like the idea behind them. But like the Watch Dogs games. Mm, yeah. Um, kind of rising up and i i think hack everything yeah (laughs) i i really liked watchdogs too in a way because it felt realistic you know like just a bunch of teens that are smart they're not some brooding dude behind a computer with a hoodie up that Mm -hmm. you know not like fucking mr robot like this is like oh this is kind of how realistic hackers look they look just like you and me like it it was interesting, you know, taking on like a, you know, corrupt social media billionaire kind of person. And, you know, with Legion, I heard it's it's more about a government thing, which is kind of interesting, more realistic. And I think games definitely focus more on the anti-government side of things versus like kind of like workers rising up and you know that kind of rebellion and it's interesting because you never see it and maybe for a good reason from the other side Hmm. where you're the the villain per se i mean there's games where you fight rebellions and squash rebellions i mean but it's never Usually those rebellions in those games, it's like they're not fighting for a good cause. You know, it's not like. Right. They're fighting for chaos. It's never. Yeah. Like some eco friendly group that's trying. Right. Like, And I mean, the world doesn't need a fascist simulator kind of game. I mean, I know a lot of people will say, oh, well, with Warhammer 40K, you know, with the those knights like, oh, like you're you know, you're fighting for, I don't want to get into Warhammer. I, I've tried and it's just like, <laughs> but I see it's it and everyone's lot. like, yeah, it's like, you know, these guys are like fascists and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, interesting. And it's like, it's, it's I, making a big splash right now. There's a lot of teens that are actually talking about Warhammer and that they are starting to play like tabletop now because of the game. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a very cool look and setting but i i'm already into so much stuff and so in the games (laughs) that i can't the most i'll do with warhammer is bolt gun 
or Come like on, you're not gonna you're not gonna start paint miniatures in your house hell <laughs> no i have a friend that does it i'm just like uh-uh as cool as, as cool as it is to see like those landscapes with all the little miniatures on it no i'd rather have a massive lego city but the amount of work that goes into it for like you probably playing it once a month if that is like insane oh yeah but i feel like other than that like you don't really see you playing as the great evil and i mean that might be a good reason because it might actually give someone ideas right like i know it's kind of going back on what we said earlier that games might help Dieter unless you portray this villain as like oh yeah these are not good things but of course there's going to be people out there that are like yeah i agree with this this is how our government should be run and they may not quote the game but they'll get ideas from it and i think that's kind of the dangers of it because i've always been curious like so many games have always been where you're the good guy and i know recently in the past like decade we've maybe seen more games where you do play as a villain not often but it's there but you never play as like the evil leader causing deaths to civilians because usually when we do have those kind of edgy games they either get shunned or they're just kind of too edgy for the sake of being edgy mm -hmm. but i'm curious if someone did one well like how like like would it work out or not or if people would be like grossed out by the idea right and i think maybe it's good that we don't have those kind of games because a lot of these games where you're rising up against you know a government it you know think about countries that might have these kind of realistic issues uh but you know they don't see it from a different world's viewpoint they could see something totally different hell who knows maybe they could see something in it that seems like a good alternative to what's going on you know and they could start their own group of like help without having to resort to violence and i think i mean same could be said out here in the u.s where it's like you know if there's issues maybe there's a less violent alternative that we could learn from a game story but i don't think we'll see current takes on this kind of theme until maybe a few years from now you know i feel like i feel like we're still in a hot spot when it comes to this kind of these kind of issues and when it comes to games it gets very touchy uh with this kind of theme you know because you never know it, it it could end up being very bad it could end up being very edgy for no reason and I don't know, but I think in the end, it's these games bring to light topics that, you know, should be looked at deeper. You know, I think for me, Wolfenstein, especially the two new ones, really, you know, I feel like a lot of people are like, whoa, like, you know, in, in a world where, you know, the Nazis won and you're like the small rebel team, like that it's 
cool seeing you take on this global superpower. And it's it's good to feel like you're taking on a greater evil in these kind of games. And that's, you know, obviously that's the whole goal behind it is that you're taking down some evil regime. But in a weird way, I don't want to say a lot of these games are propaganda because I feel like when I was kind of looking stuff into this episode, there were people saying like, oh, this game is propaganda and stuff like that. But a lot of these aren't, from mm-hmm. what I can tell. I mean, maybe if you go on like Itch.io and you look up like... Conspiracy theories. Yeah, you look up conspiracy right, right. theory or you look up like how to be a tanky. Like, you know, like maybe <laughs> some... Yeah, that obviously. But it's like, you know, you look at Just Cause and it's like, you can't call it propaganda. You're just some dude with hookshot going around blowing fascist camps up. Like, mm-hmm. what's wrong with that? You know, it's... I think games like this are good because they challenge viewpoints that maybe for some people agree with the the wrong side, or I don't say wrong, but the bad side in these games. Or maybe someone will get their viewpoints challenged in these kind of games. And, you know, that that's good. It it honestly, like no matter where your view in politics it like lies if your views get challenged and you can come away from it maybe learning something more about yourself or say it's something you 100% disagree with maybe you learn a better way of handling the situation and learning from it and being able to not just walk away from them without, say, exploding, but you can maybe open that person's mind up or at least bring to light a thought that maybe they haven't heard against the hundreds of other voices that they probably shut out. Maybe your voice is that voice or reason, and you never know, but it's always worth saying something, you know, it sitting by passively leads to a simple life, but speaking out against something that you feel is not right might lead to a happier life in the safe situation. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Hope you guys really enjoyed this conversation. And I'm curious what you all are thinking about right now. If games really do make you more author- or rebel against authority, is it making rebellion more prevalent in our world or is it desensitizing the idea of rebelling? And I do have one little question or like little thought for you guys to kind of take away from this or just think about. There's so many games and stories and movies out there that have you follow the quote-unquote good guys to the end right they rebel against the empire they take their land back they free their people but then the story ends right there what happens in the next 20 years right whenever they have to make those hard decisions 
is everyone gonna get equal rights right like is it is it really gonna be that rosy cheery or is there gonna be another group that is forgotten about or not given special treatment for some reason because they didn't help or they weren't friends or something like that and now they are the rebellious group they're the new good guys and now the people that you played before they're the ones that you're fighting against right like what happens when those credits roll <laughs> like what's what's up next to the next few years anyway just a thought something popped up in my head so we'll talk to you guys next week with more games more ideas and everything in between but until then bye for now